Welcome to How to Pretend to Like Sports. I'm Monica Woodhams, former D1 cheerleader, well, just my first year in college, who is still game day obsessed. Even when friends joked I was just pretending to like sports, I mean, I guess the guy I liked at the time happened to be going to the game too. I've always loved the community and excitement that comes with going to games. And let's be real, I love picking out a game day outfit. Join me each week as I share current events, conversation starters, and Obvi discuss the latest outfits that the F1 girlfriends are wearing. I'm giving you everything you need to know, no binge watching required. Hey y'all, welcome to a new episode of How to Pretend to Like Sports. I am your host, Monica Woodhams. It is the week of November 15th. Recording this on a Tuesday. Episodes come out every Wednesday. I wanted to get to this last week, but on my own planet and I completely spaced. But here's what we're covering this week. The Washington Commanders might get bought and people are saying it could be Jay-Z or Jeff Bezos or both. We're going to talk about what Max Verstappen said about not helping his own teammate out during the Formula One race this past weekend. The Indiana Colts have a new coach and he has only coached at the high school level. We'll go over college football's top five, the crypto drama that's going on in the NBA right now, and the World Cup is one week away and the protests have begun. So this is a cold episode. I'm frozen. I am in like my downstairs office area that has concrete floors and a window to the backyard, and so I'm just surrounded by poor insulation. So I have a space heater going on at like 80 degrees. I'm in a turtleneck, sweatpants, and Uggs, and I'm still frozen. But that's okay. This is only the beginning. Hopefully by the next few weeks, I get my heating situation figured out. It's a townhouse, so I feel like it's just like a game where I have to make sure that the upstairs makes sure that the downstairs works because they're two different units and in order for the downstairs to work well the upstairs needs to be warmer and then it's just like this whole guessing game so I ended up figuring it out last year I just don't remember what temperature settings I had it on so now I'm just like messing around with it but anyway so the Formula One race last weekend it was in Brazil and it was probably the most interesting one that has happened all year. And that is mostly because Max didn't win and he wasn't in the top five for top six for most of the race. Uh, George Russell won his first F1 race, which was exciting. I think he's wonderful. He just, he's just seems wonderful. Um, so, so that was good to see. And then So at the very end, this is kind of the drama that happened. So Checo, Sergio Perez, um, he is on Max Verstappen's Red Bull team. So he was, I want to say he was right behind Max. So Max would have finished right before he did. So the Red Bull team was like, hey, can you let um, Checo through? because that'll get him points for the championship. Max was like, absolutely not. Don't ever ask me that again. So, drama. So then 
kind of waiting to see, like, maybe he'll change his mind, maybe he won't. And so he crosses the finish line right before Checo, and Red Bull, I think it was Christian Horner who asked it, but was like, what happened there? Why did you not let him through? And he was just like, I am not going over this again. I have told you my stance, and this is just a non-negotiable for me. I stand by what I did. So to everyone, he looked like a real jerk because he did not help his teammate out when he already won the championship. So it's not like they're competing for first. And yeah, it looked like a real jerk move. So what we don't know is like his reasoning. I mean, there's speculation and the speculation is probably probably right but basically he supposedly allegedly did this because Checo purposefully allegedly purposefully crashed in Monaco and so what this crash in Monaco did was it locked in everyone's place of where they were at during the crash so like if you were in second place, you stayed in second. Um, if you were in fifth, you stayed in fifth during the safety car because you can't like pass the safety car and you have to slow down when that's out because they're cleaning up the crash and all that jazz. So supposedly because of that crash, it held Max back because he ended up getting third and, and then Chego ended up winning. So, like, the crash happened in qualifying. So, Checo ended up winning that race. And Max basically is like, I'm not cool with that, so I'm not going to help him out. But he did end up saying that in this final race, if it does come down to um, needing him, Checo, to get more points, he will let him through. But for this instance, he says that it didn't matter either way what the outcome was, so he was going to stand by it. We'll see. Hopefully, Drive to Survive touches on that when the new season comes out because there are some major drums there. I hope I explained it right, but that's, that's what it sounds like to me. So, I mean, I think already Max kind of, I don't know if isolates himself is the right word, but he knows he's the best and kind of does whatever he wants, which you could argue who wouldn't. I don't know. You shouldn't be a jerk. But I mean, if like the crash was actually intentional, then like he's not being that much of a jerk. If like he's standing by that, I can see it both ways. Okay. So rumors are going around about who will be the next owner of the Washington Commanders. I struggle so hard saying Washington Commanders. I have no idea why, but I always want to say Commanders. It makes absolutely no sense. I don't, is, that's not a noun, right? Because Commanders, that would be like the verb you're commandeering. Regardless, I always want to say the Washington Commanders. It is the Commanders. And Dan Snyder is the current owner, and he started to work with Bank of America to get the ball rolling on a potential sale. And so, of course, that comes with 
all the rumors of who could possibly be interested in buying it. So the first is Jeff Bezos. And this isn't surprising. He bought the Washington Post. Amazon's HQ2 is in Arlington. It's in the DMV. Um, Even though he's stepped down from his role at Amazon, there still is that connection, and especially the Washington Post. So the next is Jay-Z and Matthew McConaughey. And one of the articles I was reading said that it could potentially be a combination of all three of them and then possibly also looping in Kevin Durant. So what's I think what's interesting about this and the list of contenders who could possibly buy it is that in the past, there's been a very small group of people who were contenders to buy an NFL team. And that list has gotten larger. And it's also become, you know, like celebrities piling in together and going in on it. So it's really changing the dynamic of team ownership. So that's interesting. Another option I saw is John Henry. I had no idea who this was, but he owns the Liverpool FC soccer, football, (laughs) soccer team um, for Liverpool over in England. And he's expected to sell Liverpool FC. So then that would open up a couple billion dollars for him to make the purchase. You have to have actual cash to make the purchase. So you have to put down 30%. It has to be 30% of the sale and it has to be in a, in a check that clears. So not all of it has to be in cash, but 30% of it does. So again, that also obviously limits how many people just have that 30% liquid enough to cash that check. So I was trying to figure out even like how valuable of a team the Washington Commanders are because obviously there was so much talk about it when they were changing their name from the Redskins to now the Commanders. But other than that, nationally, and even when I lived in D.C., I didn't hear them talked about the same way that I hear people in Dallas talk about the Dallas Cowboys, people in Kansas City talking about the Chiefs. And this is even before the Chiefs had Patrick Mahomes. Like, my whole life growing up, the city revolved around the Chiefs. It didn't matter how good or how bad they were. But when I looked at the Forbes NFL team valuation list, the Washington Commanders fall at number six. So their team valuation is valued at $5.6 billion. And when I look at these numbers and I talk about them, I feel like I'm on an episode of Shark Tank about to pitch why you should buy an NFL team as if that is a realistic conversation that we're having. The way that the valuation is done for the Forbes list, which I'm sure there's more on a more official list than the Forbes one, maybe not. It's kind of like how I just like bonked my head on the microphone. It's kind of like how when Forbes released the list of, I think it was like wealthiest influencers or most profitable influencers, whatever it was, it was like the top influencers broken out about, broken down by how much they make. Um, 
influencing. And not to go on a tangent with that, but basically that all comes down to the different businesses that creators or influencers have created. And usually that's what's bringing in the millions of dollars more so than the affiliate links and the sponsor post. It's usually like they created a whole new business. So like Danny Austin, for example, built a business around hair loss and she has a serum for hair loss and growing your hair back. And that's a huge, huge piece of how she made it onto that list. But okay, so the Forbes list and how they broke out what goes into that $5.6 billion valuation. It's broken out by sport, media market, stadium, and brand. So I think the stadium piece is interesting because Washington's team has been struggling with their next move when it comes to stadiums. They're not going to be staying at FedEx Field long term. They want a new stadium built by 2027, but they haven't even decided where it's going to go. So right now, FedEx Field is in Maryland, and Maryland has said like that they do want to like give some money to make it happen because, of course, that revenue is going to help that state a lot. But there's also a desire for it to go into D.C. proper. There's a plot of land that's obviously federal land, but it can be built on. So a stadium could be built there. And then, of course, Virginia. I, having lived in D.C., I think that it would be nice to have it in D.C. because it just makes it so much more accessible. It It's a nightmare to get to FedEx Field if you live in D.C. Now, obviously, if you live in the Maryland suburbs, it's not. But I lived three blocks away from the baseball field. And it wasn't, even on game days, like, yeah, there were a little bit more people in the neighborhood. Well, there were a lot more people, but it only felt like there were a little bit more people in the neighborhood. It never felt annoying. And baseball games happen a lot more often than football games happen. I would be much more inclined to go to a football game if I lived in D.C. and it was in D.C. But again, you also do have to consider everyone who lives in the Virginia suburbs as well as the Maryland suburbs and who is actually going to those games because D.C. proper, at the end of the day, it's a city full of transplants, like definitely more than half. I don't know what the right percentage would be, but it's people who are probably only really in D.C. short term because they're there um, in the politics scene. And then even if they're not in the politics scene, I mean, even consultants, the consulting world, you're usually moving on from location to location. So all that to say, the more loyal fans who are actually going to be going to the games are probably in Maryland or in Virginia and probably not necessarily D.C. So I can see why like someone wouldn't even bother with DC. I did want to compare the valuation to the Dallas Cowboys because we all know that the Dallas Cowboys are a huge brand. They are they are the brand of professional football. You can go to literally China or Africa or 
Germany and someone is going to be wearing a cowboy shirt. It's just guaranteed because they do have that solid of a brand. So knowing that they have that solid of brand, of course, they are the number one team in valuation and that's at $8 billion. So again, to compare the number six, Washington Commanders is at $5.6 billion. That really goes to show how much weight is put into the actual brand. Because if you look at it, the Dallas Cowboys as a football team and their performance over the last years, like they're not going to the Super Bowl. They're not really doing great at playoffs. And you could say Washington Commanders, they're not either. Well, you can definitely say they're not going to the Super Bowl. So it doesn't necessarily have to do with, you know, those Super Bowl wins. Kansas City went to the Super Bowl twice recently. They won one of those and they're in like the 20s. And a lot of that too, media market, right? Kansas City is a much smaller media market than Dallas. Dallas is one of the top media markets in not just the country, but the world. Um, it's truly nuts how big of a media market um, DFW is because you're considering Dallas, which Dallas itself is pretty small. I feel like it's a small town. I can go, if I'm running errands all day, so going to multiple places and not being in my house all day, I will run into someone I know. And if I don't run into someone I know, I drove past them. I... A while back, I was running errands in a random shopping center that I never go to, and literally my uncle drove past me. So, um, I mean, oh, no, the most recent one, I was at the Apple store at like 10 o'clock in the morning, like right when it opened to pick up my new computer, and I got the desktop, and so I'm like lugging this desktop computer around. I mean, it's obviously in the box, but it's not an easy box to hold. And it was a little bit heavier than I was anticipating. And Knox Henderson, which is where the Apple store was, was also busier than I was anticipating. So I kind of parked maybe like a block and a half away. So it was a more of a walk and a heavier box than I thought. So I'm like looking like a fool trying to carry this efficiently and I'm just in my head like, oh my God, this is when I run into someone I know and I'm going to look crazy trying to hold and carry this box. And literally as I'm having these thoughts, right in front of me, I walk into two of my aunts and (laughs) they were just on a walk and we just happened to run into each other. So Dallas, to me, I think that's a small town, but Dallas DFW, you have Dallas, you have Fort Worth, you have all the cities in between, then you have all the suburbs that are north of Dallas, so like the Plano's, the Frisco's, and then in Fort Worth, you have the equivalent, which is like the South Lake, Carrollton, all that. So DFW itself is truly huge. If you are not considering just like Dallas, Dallas. So anyway, so I think at the end of the day, when you kind of break it out by remembering that the brand goes further in evaluation than the actual success of the team, I think 
that shows a lot about these teams' decision-making sometimes because at the end of the day, an owner doesn't want to lose money on the team that they own. So they need to make decisions based off of what's going to keep them at what they're at. So like the Dallas Cowboys, how do we keep the Dallas Cowboys as the number one valued team in the country. So it's an interesting way to look at it other than just looking at, okay, who has the best record? Because while that helps, it's definitely not a direct correlation. All right, let's go on to sports news. I feel like I just like started to cheer there. I was like, ready? (laughs) Okay. Um, But really, I just need to stretch. So, and I need to move this mic. I swear I'm trying to get used to this new microphone and I'm just going to like chip a tooth on it. But back to sports. The Indiana Colts football team hired Jeff Saturday as an interim coach, head coach at that. It takes no football knowledge to give this one a huh if you look at the dude's resume because he has never coached above the high school level, and his most recent job was as a TV analyst, so he hasn't been on the field in a while. However, it has been said that the reason why he was hired, because obviously there's a reason, it's not like they just walked into the room and are like, that guy, Um, he was hired because of his leadership trait, which, okay, but here is what Jeff Saturday said because people are not letting go about the hire. So he said, here's the deal. I'm completely comfortable in who I am as a man, Saturday told reporters Wednesday. I know I can lead men. I know I know the game of football, and I'm passionate about it. I have no fear about, are you as qualified as somebody else? Bro, (laughs) I spent 14 years in a locker room. I went to the playoffs 12 times. I've got five dudes in the Hall of Fame that played with me. You don't think I've seen greatness? You don't think I've seen how people prepare, how they coach, how they GM, how they work? I've won one Super Bowl, been to two. Here's the deal. None of us are promised a good job. I may be terrible at this. And after eight games, I'll say, God bless you. I am no good. I could be really good at it. I got no idea. But I dang sure know I won't back down. Which, I mean, pretty Pretty good answer because he accepted a job, so it's time to step up, make it happen. But hopefully he does have that self-awareness that if it's not right, it's not right, like he said he would do. So we will see. That'll be interesting. Now, this week's college football top five, this is from the AP Top 25 poll. They remain the same. It looks like five Tennessee, four TCU, three Michigan, two Ohio State, and one Georgia. So upcoming, we have Georgia will play Kentucky, Ohio State will play Maryland, Michigan will play Illinois, TCU will play Baylor, and Tennessee will play South Carolina. So depending on how those games go, it could shift this top five list around. It could not. I want, oh, I really hope that TCU makes it to the playoffs. I want to because God knows when it's going to happen again. Um, I asked my dad if 
they make it if my Christmas present can just be tickets to that game because I still regret not going to the Rose Bowl game where TCU played Wisconsin in the Rose Bowl and won um, my junior year. So this time I am not going to regret it. I am going to go. Now, NBA is feeling the crypto drama after FTX's bankruptcy. If you don't know what FTX is, I didn't either because I don't pay attention to crypto at all. Um, but crypto world, not doing great. Anyway, so the NBA is stopping the promotion of them as a sponsor. I should say NBA teams who have them as a sponsor, not the NBA itself. Um, there was a funny tweet that my friend sent me from Tom Ziller, and he tweeted, I love that the NBA has multiple arenas named after crypto exchanges. Yet when the Pelicans cut a deal with Smoothie King, the league mandated eight-month smoothie testing process to make sure they didn't have banned substances. I mean, <laughs> Smoothie King must be real annoyed about that one, but I think that's so funny because Smoothie King, I mean, okay, we'll, we'll test this for eight months and see what it is. Smoothie King, Smoothie King is pretty darn consistent in it is what it is. And finally, the World Cup is one week away and fans, players, pretty much anyone is asking for a boycott because of Qatar's human rights abuses. Obviously, there is a major problem going on in Iran when it comes to human rights, and Qatar has its own human rights abuses. So there's a lot of frustration about why Qatar even gets the World Cup. I 100% have these same thoughts. I have these same thoughts when it comes to the Olympics. Like, why does Russia keep getting the Olympics with how problematic they are? It doesn't make sense to me. Other than, you know, these organizations are pretty corrupt. I think it's been pretty clear in the past that FIFA is corrupt, that the Olympic Committee is corrupt. But it's just like, they keep hosting these in places where it really shouldn't be hosted and that these countries aren't even equipped, like regardless of like the political piece of it, these countries are never equipped to actually host these level of events. So it just truly blows my mind. But anyway, the protests are just now beginning. It's going to go full swing, I think, as it gets closer in. And the players are definitely worried about how that's going to affect them. And you know, the players just want to go play. They want to win a World Cup. Like, they've, this is their career. They've been, their whole life, they've wanted to win a World Cup. So I get how they're just like, can we just play? But at the same time, it's 2022. These human rights issues, abuses, that it's got to stop. And we can't keep enabling this, these countries to think that we'll just like, ignore it just for two weeks while there's a World Cup or the Olympics or whatever it is. All right, so there you have it. There's the sports news. I hope you enjoy the episode. If you haven't subscribed yet, make sure you subscribe, throw in a little rating and review if you want. If you are enjoying it, I would appreciate that so much. You can follow me on Instagram at Monica Woodhams 
on TikTok. It's how to pretend to like sports. And I will talk to y'all next week. Bye.